tutors, man, I've been telling you, they love to share everything, talk about themselves, and uh, so it's, uh, Brother Gravely's right. I, here's what troubles me a little bit, and I'm not again, I know he said that uh, if God, you know, if you didn't need to come, don't come, but man, kind of shows you maybe where we're living. I'm not saying you had to come, but um, I think there was as many middle age or close to middle age or preachers in the altars there was young men. Maybe I don't need to preach what I brought. I'm telling you. He's right. I know, I know that folks don't like it to be said and folks can argue the point about that's the day we're living in and the social media thing. It's ruining more men than it's helping. It's hurting more men than it's helping. And not just preachers, but it's, it's, it's Christians all together. Christians all together. Exodus chapter number 2. I'll be real quick. Thank God for Brother Gravely. And the message this morning challenged my heart and I want to stay hid. And uh, he's right as long as God knows where you are and who you are. It does not matter what anybody else knows or thinks. I think I'm just going to kind of plug in where he was. Not the same message. Uh, not really to preachers, but just kind of pick up maybe a little bit on some things he was saying through his message uh, this morning, and uh, maybe elaborate a little further. Exodus chapter number 2, look with me if you will in verse number 1. There went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. When she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. His sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The Bible said in verse 10, And the child grew and she brought him, speaking of his mother to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him, out of the water. Father, I thank you for what we've already heard and how our hearts have been challenged. And I pray now that you would use us for the next few moments as your tool, your vessel. Make preaching what it ought to be. Open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us. And I pray you'd help us today in a way that only you can. May we be clear. And Lord, may our spirit and, uh, and be right and our words be right and honor you. And please do a life change and work that only you can accomplish for your honor and glory. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Brother Gravely talking about hiding. And we're finding here uh, someone else who was hidden. Someone else who had really a, his whole life. Really, you can break it down by the hidden places in his life. In the life of Moses. And... Uh, but what Brother Gravely was saying about being hidden and how that God in due time will, if you'll allow God to hide you, He'll bring you forth and He'll use your life and put you on display. 
I want you to understand that's not just a message for preachers this morning. It's not just a message for those in the ministry, but I believe every child of God, God has a plan and a purpose for their life. A destiny, so to speak, that God wants to fulfill inside of every one of us. Some of us have something, I have maybe something to offer God, something He's built inside of me and created, and you have something also to offer God, something He's created inside of you. Every man, every woman, every young person, you don't have to wait till you're old to serve the Lord. You don't have to wait till you're a certain age or you've uh, accomplished certain things, but if you're saved by the grace of God, you ought to be serving God today in the capacity that God wants you to serve Him in. But I do believe that there is this place of destiny in our life, a place that God wants to get us to necessarily. And as He's getting us there, uh, I would never have seen myself uh, in Stanton, Virginia. Now, uh, just a few months, Lord willing, we'll be celebrating 15 years uh, that the Lord has placed us there and used us there. I didn't know where Stanton, Virginia was. I was born in Dalton, Georgia and served there and, li and lived there and served the Lord there and pastored there for eight and a half years. And I never knew of a place called Stanton, Virginia. But God knew of that place. And God in His timing uh, put me there. And He is using us there. Lord willing, we'll die there serving the Lord. But I'm just, I believe that is my destiny and what God would have for my life. And God has that place for you. And Brother Gravely mentioned that and he mentioned that hiding aspect. But I just want you to know that there are things that God is going to do along the journey. Obviously, if you're here this morning and you're a young person, you understand that you're not fully fulfilling the destiny that God has in store for you. There's some steps God's going to take, some places God is going to take you. And the preacher mentioned those, some of those this morning to us. But I believe he is getting us to a place uh, in our lives. And some of you, you're uh, waiting, you're uh, waiting on a spouse. You're praying for God to put you with some somebody, that destiny situation with that person. And then Brother Gravely mentioned that destiny as far as a place. And, and we're praying and some of you are seeking God's face and wanting God's touch and His power on your life. But let me just say some things. We notice Moses, and I believe he is a great man of destiny. God had something in mind. And when we come to Exodus chapter number 2 and we read about his birth, we, uh, it was Moses is born. We don't know, of course, we know the end of the story. We know what God does with his life and how God raises him up to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and what God does through this great leader. But here in Exodus chapter 2, nobody knows that. Moses does not know that. His parents do not know that. Pharaoh does not know that. Pharaoh's daughter does. Nobody knows at this point. But there is somebody that knows. There is a, there is a God in heaven who's sitting on a throne who is putting things together in his sovereign plan his providential working in Moses' life he's putting things together to get Moses to a place where he wants him to be that place of destiny in his life and as the preacher said it is going to take some time to get him there it is going to take some hiding places to get him there but I noticed and I got to thinking that Moses is not the only person of destiny throughout the Bible as a matter of fact a lot of men and women 
remnant Bible characters that we know, we know them because they allowed God to bring them to a place of destiny, a place of fulfillment, so to speak, in their life and use them for His honor and glory. I thought about how Joseph fulfilled that destiny in finally sitting on that throne that God had in store for him. But all those years before God preparing and moving in his life and moving things around and putting him in the, just to fulfill one single destiny, to fulfill one single purpose. I thought about how God had a city in mind for a man by the name of Jonah. He tried to go to another place in another city, but God wouldn't let him. God turned him around. Why? Because God had a destiny. God had something He wanted him to fulfill. I thought about how John fulfilled his ministry. Oh, it was a short ministry. All those years of preparation only for what seemed to be a few short months of real ministry. But oh, how the Lord used him in that place of destiny. I would just say as the preacher did this morning, we would be far better off having a three to six month ministry that the touch of God was on and the power of God was evident as to have a 30 year span where we couldn't see the hand of God and the prayer hey fulfill your destiny let God work his purpose in your life I thought about how God had a nation in mind for Abraham I thought about David and how that God had a destiny of position in mind how about Esther and how that God she wasn't going to preach a sermon she wasn't going to sit on a throne she had no ministry matter of fact she's a woman what is God going to do? Can God use a woman? How about the fact that God had a destiny, had a place in mind for her, a destiny of a conversation. One conversation. Do you know why? You know who she is? Because God had in mind that she was going to have a con- an important conversation one day. Hey, it's amazing how God just might use your life. I know you see the pulpit and what we preached on yesterday if you read Bible. I know you see the preacher's face on a poster but I wonder preachers how many of our wives stand behind the scenes and people do not see them they do not know what they do but oh without them where would we be but not just preachers wives I think about the ladies in my church and where in the world would my church be if it wasn't for some faithful women who were willing to let God put them in a place and fulfill their role of what God had in store for them. I thought about how Mary had a destiny with a baby. Oh friend, again she never preached a sermon. Uh, She never went to the mission field. But man, God had something real important in mind. He had something he wanted her to fulfill. He had a destiny in mind for this young lady. Hey lady, look up here. Young ladies, I want you to know God has something in mind for you. You're not second rate. You're not second class. God wants to use your life. God wants to touch you and feel you and use you for His honor and His glory. I thought about how that, how that Paul had a destiny in mind. What seemed to be his destiny seemed to be a prison cell. Every time you look around, Paul's in jail. 
And it's not because he was a thief and it's not because he was a murderer and it's not because uh, that he committed some crime. But he spent a whole lot of time in jail for the Lord Jesus' sake. You say, why? You see that Bible sitting in your lap this morning? Uh, a lot of that Bible was pinned down in a prison cell uh, from a man who was fulfilling God's destiny for his life. Uh, and then I thought about Ruth and how, how that she had a destiny. God had a destiny in mind for her. What was it? It was a man by the name of Boaz and one day she's out in the field and Boaz comes by he said whoa he said who's that standing over there and he took notice of her and all of a sudden out of nowhere she's fulfilling the destiny this Gentile girl is fulfilling the destiny that she never dreamed would ever take place in her life but hear me there is a mighty God who can put you in the right place at the right time he can put you with the right person at the right time. He knows how to work things together to fulfill His will in your life. You flip your Bible over to the book of Matthew chapter 1 and you know who's there? Little old Ruth had nothing to offer God, had nothing to give. Gentile trash. But there's a God in heaven who was working in her behalf when she couldn't see His hand and she didn't really even know His will. But there was a God who knew what he wanted to do and there she is in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilling God's will and purpose for her life. I want to preach for just a minute this morning as we think about that destiny. We think about how God works and moves to get us to places and put us with people. Sometimes, well not sometimes, but every time it is going to take from you and I an element of faith. It is going to take you and I believing that God knows what He's doing in our life. That He makes no mistakes. How many of us here this morning, you could testify, if we had a testimony service, you could testify of God working in your life at times and you didn't understand and you didn't know why God was closing a door or opening a door. You didn't know why God was moving to the right when you thought He should move to the left. You didn't know why God was going up a mountain when you thought He should be going down. You didn't know why the valley was there when you thought it ought to be a mountaintop. But you went ahead and trusted God anyway, not knowing what He was doing, not could figure it out on your own. But you went ahead and trusted Him. And in so doing, God was able to fulfill that plan. God was able to work that work that He wanted to do both in you and through you. And when it was said and done, you were able to look back. You ever, you ever just been, you ever just sit down for a minute and you thought, man, it really dawned on you what God really did, where He really took you, what He really done through your life. And you just had to sit down, Brother Bailey, and say, Lord, I almost missed it right there. You sat down and, and saw the importance, the weight of what God was doing and had you made another decision, had you stepped in the wrong direction, had you not trusted the one who is well able to do exceeding abundant, had you not trusted Him in that moment where things could have gone. And it's almost, it's almost overwhelming to see that, man... Thank God I trusted Him right there. And you realize it's not about what you did, but it's about what He did for you and through you. But it's so overwhelming that you understand, man, if I'd have, just, if I'd have made the wrong move, how it could have destroyed my life. 
I want to preach for a few minutes on this thought. Just, I mean, quick. God knows how to take care of you. God knows how to take care of you. There's three things in Exodus chapter number 2, three situations that I want to show you concerning God taking care of Moses. The first one is found here in verse number 1 and verse number 2. And there went out a man of the house of Levi, took a wife of the daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. Watch this now. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. When she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, dabbed it with slime and pitch, and put the child therein and laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And I say first of all this morning, if, you, if you're interested in fulfilling God's will for your life, if you're interested in the destiny God has in mind for you, if you're interested in being everything God wants you to be, you're going to have to come to the place in your life to where you allow God to take care of you. Oh, we sing it, living by faith, standing on the promises. Oh, those songs, we sing them, and I know I guess we really believe them, but when it comes to living them, really allowing those things to be a reality in our life, can I just say to you, living by faith is not just for the preacher. It's not just for the preacher's wife. It's for every church member. It's for every age group. It's for the men and the women. It's for the young people. It's, it's for the junior class. If you're saved, we are to live by faith. And watch God take... I mean, Brother Jones, I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not a great man of faith. I'm just going to be honest with you. There are people that I pastor in my church, I think that they, they're greater in their faith than I am. They believe God for things and they trust God. But Brother Simpson, there have been a few times in my life that I have leaned on Him and trusted Him and believed what He said. And man, I'm telling you, when you watch God work, when you know you've believed Him and you've watched Him work and you've seen in his hand, there is no greater life that you could ever live than to live a life of faith in God. He is able. Three things real quick. Number one, I would say first of all, we see first that God took care of Moses through his parents. God took care of Moses through his parents. When we're introduced to Moses, you, you understand he's, he's, a very, he's in a very vulnerable position. He cannot take care of himself. He has no ability. As a matter of fact, there's been a decree given. And that decree says that any male child born to the Hebrews is to be slain on the spot. Kill him on the spot. And I'm telling you, Moses, he, he's coming into this world in dangerous days and dangerous times. He cannot take care of himself. But you know what God did? God put some hands in his life. He put some people in his life. And let me just say it this way. I know you can't see it. Uh, maybe you can. Maybe you understand where I'm going. Uh, but I know it. See, it looks like his mother here. But I'll tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing another set of hands. I'm seeing another set of eyes. I'm seeing another set of ears. I, I, I'm seeing somebody else's faith. Moses has no faith to take care of himself. But I'll tell you somebody who does. He's got a mama who looked in his face and looked in his eyes. He's got a mama who believes in a holy righteousness 
righteous God. He's got a mother who was willing to believe God instead of the decree of the king. And when he could not believe God for himself, somebody was believing God for him. I got to stop for just a minute and say thank God. When I didn't believe God for me, I had a mama who coming down the steps one morning said, Dear God, she sat down on the third step from the bottom of that staircase and she said, God, I've done everything for that boy I possibly can do. And if he's going to change, if something's going to happen, you're going to have to do it. And about two or three weeks later, God met me at the New Life Baptist Church on the old grade road in Dalton, Georgia. Saved my soul, changed my... I'm just saying somebody was willing to believe God when I couldn't believe him for myself. Didn't know how. Oh, there's somebody in your life that's believing God for you. I know it looks like his mama's hands, but I see God's hands. I know it looks like his mama's arms that are holding him close and protecting him in the night, but I see God's arms. I know it looks like his mama who's trying to keep him quiet when he'd want to cry and trying to protect him. But I see it as God holding that uh, holy hush on him. I know it looks like his mom and dad who saw that good in him. But I see it as God who gave him some discernment to, to see that good in that boy. Hey, hear me, mom and dad. There's a generation sitting in this auditorium or in this building this morning. They don't need you to be their buddy. They don't need you to be their pal. They don't need you to be their friend. There's plenty of days and time for that. But what they need is a mom and dad with some discernment in their life. They need a mom and dad where they can feel not just their arms and their hands and their eyes, but they need to feel the touch of God through a mom and dad who want to see God fulfill the destiny he has for their life. There's a whole lot of parents trying to live their childhood through their children. Hey, can I just say to you, and I don't have the percentages in front of me, but it's, it's way low, ma'am, sir, it's way low that your son's ever going to play pro ball. You say, you don't know how good he is. Uh, no, I don't, but I do know it's way low. And he's probably not going to make it. You say, well, I, we're, we're thinking about going on American Idol. They're not going to make it. Put them back in the choir. Get them back in Sunday school. Get off the ball field on the weekend. I'm telling you one day all that stuff's going to be gone. It's going to be over. It's going to be nothing. But there's coming a day where every one of us, including your children, are going to stand before the Lord God Almighty and we're going to give an account. Hey, we need a mom and dad. We need a, we need a revival among parents that want to see the touch of God in the lives of their children. You hear me this morning? I know it seems like a scary place when you're putting diapers on them and you're trying to make sure that they're fed and clothed when they're little babies and you're trying to figure out how to be a parent but I promise you, you ain't seen scary days yet. Honey, when they get up and they start choosing a mate and they start making those life changing decisions in their life but oh brother Jones, thank God and I blessed his good name last night as I went to bed my three babies this morning are grown. All three of them are almost out of the house and married 
married. But I'll tell you this, they were all in church yesterday. They all wanted to be in church. I didn't have to force feed it to them. I didn't have to call and beg them to get up. Are you listening to me? Thrills my heart. They've never hit a home run. They've never stolen a base. They've never run a touchdown. I'm not against it. I'm just saying there's more to this thing than being what the world is. There's being what God wants them to be. Amen. And I know there's some here that don't have parents. And I know there's some here that your parents, they don't give a rip if you turn out right or wrong. They don't care if you come home tonight. I grew up with some friends like that. My mom made me check in every 30 minutes. She wanted to know where I was. She was worse than the FBI. I mean, she wanted to know. But my, I had two friends. They never checked in. They could come home when they wanted to. I wanted to be so much like them. I didn't want to have any responsibility. I didn't want to have to check in. Uh, but listen, my mama cared uh, and my mama prayed for me uh, and my mama wanted the best for my life. You girls listen to me this morning. I know uh, that sometimes you want what everybody else wants uh, and you want you don't listen. You just want somebody to love you and you want to feel that touch but you hear me. I, I know it looks like his mama but it's really not. It's God himself uh, uh, loving on him and, and pulling him close. Uh, the Bible said when your mother and father forsake you, then the Lord will take you up. And I tell you what God's done. I know it looks like Miss Lori, but it's really not her hands, and it's really not her arms, and it's really not her eyes and ears. It's the God of heaven who's put you with somebody that'll love you like a mother, that'll get you to God, that wants the best for your life. God took care of him through his parents. Number two, God took care of him through Pharaoh's daughter. Man, if I had the time, I, but listen to me. Here's Moses. You know the story. I'm going to say these last two things and be done. But when you go through verse 3 to verse 6, the Bible said, the daughter of Pharaoh came down in verse 5 to wash herself in the river. Well, you know what happens. She finds this little ark, opens it up, and it's Moses. She sends him home with his sister. And once he gets to a certain age, his mama brings him back. Now watch verse, I believe it's verse number 10 again. Watch verse number 10. The Bible said, And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Little did, he, little did she know he was going to draw God's, God was going to use him to draw God's people out of that land. You talk about God having a sense of humor. Amen. You talk about God having a sense of humor. You know what I believe God did? Can I come down from here for just a second? You know what I... I mean, I know God is not like you and I, and He doesn't act like you and me. But you know what I believe He did? Where's Malachi? Brittany, is he in here? Come here, Malachi. Hurry. Run, son. If you ever run in church, come now. Let's go. Come on. You know what I believe? Oh, he's been upset. Come on. You parents need to ease up a little bit. Man, these kids, they love church. Y'all beat them to death. You know what I believe God did, Brother Cedric? I believe God has such a great sense of humor. Pharaoh, he's out there, right? 
been some time now. But Pharaoh's out there yelling and screaming. Kill all the Hebrew boys. Put them all to death. Kill them all. He's yelling just like the devil does. Devil don't ever say nothing. I mean, about 10 people said amen. rest of y'all are real spiritual. He don't ever say nothing to you, does he? Don't lie. I'll ask your preacher to stand up. You've been in his office for 12 weeks. Why? Oh, preacher, the devil won't leave me alone. He just yells and yells and yells. Kill all the Hebrew boys. Don't let them live. I'm talking about how God knows how to take care of them. Well, the first thing he did is he took care of Moses through his parents. It looks like his mom and his dad, but it's really God's arms, God's hands, God's eyes. <laughs> he got a little bit bigger. And Pharaoh's daughter, come here. I got some candy. Hang on. And Pharaoh's daughter, Moses' mother brings him back. And Pharaoh's daughter one day goes walking up into the palace. She's got a little boy in her hands. And Pharaoh looks over and says, Who's that? She said, Well, Dad, I, I want you to meet Moses. Well, he looks like a Hebrew boy. Daddy, he is, but he's my boy. He's your boy. How is he your boy? Well, Daddy, I found him down in the water. It's the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen or heard of. But I sent him back and his mama's got him up now and she's brought him back to me. Now he's going to be my son. You know how hard it is for a dad to tell his daughter no, Brother Bailey? Now, you're supposed to preach sometime, I think, today. Don't be back here lying. You know how hard it is for a daddy when she goes to batting in my eyes and dad and oh, right, preacher? And Pharaoh's daughter said, he is my son and I'm keeping him. Well, Pharaoh, he said, I believe he said something like this. Well, I don't guess it'll hurt anything. <laughs> and do you know for some 40 years there was God I believe God almost stuck his tongue out in Pharaoh's face in the devil's face to let him know you can yell and scream and stomp all you want to but I'm going to put him in your palace you're going to clothe him you're going to feed him you're going to send him to school you're going to take care of him for 40 years I'm going to prove to you I'm bigger than you are I can do more than you can. And Pharaoh's daughter took care of it. Huh? And all around that palace, there went, there went Moses. Give that other one to your brother because he'll get mad if you don't. Thank you. And all around Pharaoh's palace, there's a Hebrew boy who was supposed to have already been dead sitting at his table, eating supper with Grandpa. And the whole time I think God is smiling down out of heaven to let the devil know if I, I can take care of my people any good way I want to, you're not, listen, hey, quit letting the devil lie to you that if you live by faith and you serve God and you put him first that you're always going to be second class and you'll never make it and you can't pay the bills. God can. Number three, <laughs> He not only took care of him through his parents and through Pharaoh's daughter, but he took care of him through a perfect stranger. 
The Bible said that when Moses got of age, you know, he slew that Egyptian and Pharaoh went looking for him. He was going to kill Moses and Moses fled and went to the land of Midian and the Bible said the priest of Midian had seven daughters. They came to drew, and, and drew water and filled the troughs with their father's flock. You know the story. And the Bible tells us that the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them. And they get back home and their daddy wants to know how they got home so early that day. And they said, well, there's this Egyptian. That's what they called him. And uh, said, he helped us. He said, oh, really? He said, why didn't you bring him home? Where's he at? Go get him. And to make a long story short, for the next 40 years on the backside of the desert, here's a perfect stranger. Moses has never met. Moses knew nothing about. And for the next 40 years, he takes care of him. Oh, I know it looks like I, I know it looks like Ruel. I know it looks like the priest. I, I know it looks like his home. I know it looks like his roof and his food. But I'm going to tell you who I see. I don't see the priest. I don't see Pharaoh's daughter. I don't even see Moses' parents. You know who I see? That unseen hand. Boy, if I could sing it like, if I could sing it like Brother Ed Blue, I'd sing it. I see that unseen hand working and moving. I, I see God's ears and God's eyes and God's ways. And for 40 years, a stranger takes care of him. Hey, you say, preacher, I don't know how we're going to make it. I, I don't know how my family and I, I don't, we come to this meeting low and I don't know what's going to go on. I don't know how my church, I don't know what, I, 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 preacher, I just don't know. Do you know that there may be right now, if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you'll just believe God, He may run you into somebody that you don't even know. Some situation you can't even sit here today and put together in your mind, fathom it. Because if you could, then God wouldn't get the glory. Don't give up now. You know why? Because God knows how to take care of you. God knows how to take care of you girls. Don't give up now. Don't quit now. God's as interested in you as He is me. Hey, 40 years, you can play. 40 years. And when God said, I'm done here, you know what He had? He had one of the greatest patriarchs we've ever known. He had a deliverer on his hands. And he said, now Moses, I want you to go back and I want you to bring my people out. Destiny. That's what God was after the whole time. That's what God wanted to fulfill in Moses' life the whole time. It wasn't about his mom and dad. It wasn't about Pharaoh's daughter. It wasn't about the priest, his daddy-in-law. But God took all of that and He took care of him to get him to that place he ultimately wanted him to be. We're standing all over the building. Father, I pray, take these words and use them for your honor and glory. Encourage somebody, help somebody today that may be struggling. Let them know, God, you, you've not forgotten them. They're your child and you're going to take care of them.
Thank you for how you work, how you supply, how you meet our needs. And I pray, God, that we would trust you the way you want us to. Trust you in a way, God, that you'll be glorified in what we've trusted you for. Help us now. Bless this time of prayer and invitation. In Jesus' name I pray.